If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great, I ain't in hard talk. If Kev Lewin's decent, it's a sandbox. Since the sandbox fans, we are back. Week three is approaching, but before we advance to week three, we gotta jump in with our week two impressions. Lou's falling a little bit behind, so recording schedule. He'll be here for our week three fantasy rankings. Just going to miss him by a couple of minutes. But Kev, let's start it off with the AFC East, two of your teams in in that division. We have a three-way tie after the Pats won beating the Jets, and your Bills beat Miami pretty handedly too, so I'm sure you're pretty stoked about that. Miami has a lot of questions now with, with Tua's injury, him getting carted off the field. What what are your impressions after week two in the AFC East? I think it was a great bounce back for both teams. I mean, obviously the <laughs> Pats had the easier matchup. When Zach Wilson throws four interceptions, it's pretty easy to win the ball game. I'd say. But as far as the Bills, I mean, obviously we can all agree it was a great bounce back. I still wouldn't say Josh Allen played 100% how we've all been expecting him to play or how I want him to play. But but you know who? When you win 35 to nothing, I know what you're going to say. Devin Singletary. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> Listen, as much as it excites me to see the running game going, I hope that the Bills Mafia realizes that this is a fluke and that they're not going to be able to rely on this guy. Go out and sign a running back. But with that being said, I mean, Josh Allen still hasn't had, you know, a great game yet. But, I mean, I'll take a 35 to nothing win against, yeah, you know, course. the team coming into the week that was leading the division. So yeah. I'll take it. Absolutely. And a 10-win team last year. But going to another team in the AFC the Broncos mm-hmm. have a, a pretty good start of two and out. Now let's take this into you know consideration. They played against the Giants and then played against Jacksonville. So I feel like those are two games that you would expect those teams to really you know win with some ease. And I I think you know they definitely had some separation in the Giants game, but there was a good part of that that could have went either way. But with the Broncos being on top, tied. With the AFC West, with the Chiefs, how long do you think that this is something that they can sustain? And do you think Teddy Bridgewater can actually win some tough games down the line? I like Teddy Bridgewater. I do. <laughs> I like him. Um, I do think there he's. We go. <laughs> I do think he's the worst quarterback in the division. I mean, if we're being realistic, you got Herbert Carr and, and Mahomes, who I all, you know, my opinion, think are better. But with that being said, I mean, I feel like Teddy's always been one of those guys that's kind of just got the job done. You know yeah, what I mean? He's yeah. not he's not going to have a crazy game, but he's also not going to blow you the game. So, he's conservative. Yeah, if, if you're on a team, you know, like the Broncos, where your defense can hold it down on one end and you got, you know, a couple pieces. I mean, they got Sutton. Obviously, Judy's hurt, but he'll be back hopefully relatively soon. Yeah. And they have a, sure. a pretty decent, you know, running back room for, for the most part. So, I mean, they have something going there. It's just a tough division. Like, I really don't see them... I know they're 2-0 right now, but I really don't see them finishing really over any of the teams in the AFC West. Like, I think they're going to come in last, honestly. Maybe, wow. they, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll be third over the Chargers. I'm not sure. But if the Raiders keep playing how they're playing, I mean, it's hard to knock them right now as much as I want to. We'll see what happens. Two good Kong wins, you know, for, getting for hurt, the first two you weeks. Know, yeah. get, getting hurt on that last play of the game. But, yeah, that those definitely were two good games, and you would expect that they'll beat the Chiefs at some point in time this year. We yeah. talk about that um, pretty often. But, Kev, let's take this to um, some of your fantasy aspects. We always have a, a conversation about the Rams receivers, and, mm-hmm. you know, you always seem to, to be on the, the other one for that for that given year. Mm-hmm. Um, from your fantasy experience, 
Now, the Colts and the Rams were just in a nail-bite game. The Colts, I mean, they played a pretty good game against the Rams. But Cooper Cup seemed to be the difference. Yeah. I mean, he had a boat for fantasy numbers there. Mm-hmm. Is he, you know, the guy going forward for Stafford? Do you think that they just kind of found that connection already? Yeah, so I found a loophole in fantasy this year. <laughs> Instead of taking any of the Rams receivers, I just went right after the quarterback. And I drafted <laughs> Matt Stafford. I figured, listen, one of the two of them catching touchdowns, which means Stafford's throwing it, so... I, uh, I found true. a loophole there, but no, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to tell right now. I mean, it's it's only Matt Stafford's second week, you know, regular season, I should say, second week. So, it, you know, I don't really know, but I mean, right now it looks that way. But, you know, Stafford's never had a team where he could rely on more than one guy. So That's it'll be true. interesting, you know, midseason when defenses start honing in on Cooper Cup, you know, if, to, if he'll use the Tyler Higbees, if he'll use... Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, if he'll use the Deshaun Jackson, if he'll use the Robert Woods, and I'm sure he will. I'm sure they'll all be incorporated in at some point. But, I mean, right now it's kind of, you know, what I've been saying about Lamar. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. So if Cooper yeah. Cup's open downfield, throw it to him. I mean, that's the, <laughs> at the end of the game, that's the name of the game, right? I mean, throw it to who's open, and Cooper Cup's always open. So Yes, sir. All right, Kev, since we were just talking about the Rams a little bit there, why don't we get into our next game here? And we have the 49ers. So the 49ers got a solid win over Philly. But I will say it was a little sloppy, and I think it was sloppy from both teams. But Philly kind of looks impressive. I mean, you know how high I talked about the 49ers in the preseason and how low I talked about Philly, but they came out week one. They beat Atlanta handedly, and this was a really good game they played in week two, and Hurts really seems to to look like the real deal, even though the ball didn't get to Smith like you would have wanted to on Sunday or it didn't get to Goddard like you would have wanted to on Sunday. But they only lost that game by six points. What do we think? Do we think you know the Eagles can compete in the East? And do we think that this is just kind of like a bad game from the 49ers traveling to the East Coast? I mean, I think it's weird because here's the thing, right? And and this is why I'm not sold on the 49ers, right? Philly's a young team, so we expect them to be sloppy, right? I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, even though he started some games last year, he's still, you know, virtually a rookie quarterback per se. And they got young receivers, and, you know, obviously Dallas Gardner's always been the number two to Zach Ertz. So they have a lot of guys playing roles that they're not necessarily used to playing at this level. So I expect them to be sloppy, whereas the 49ers, I feel like it's the opposite. Like, I feel like ever since I've been watching football, like, the 49ers organizations have always been one of those teams that, like, no matter what players they had, they were always disciplined, and the games were always clean. Like, you know what I mean? And, yeah, they might play some small ball here and there, onside kicks, stuff like that, but... The way they're winning games now is sloppy. I mean, it really is. You know what I mean? And and I don't know if that's due to, you know, I don't I don't tend to think it's due to the coaching. I think it's more on the players. I think it's more on Jimmy G. And, he, and even the defense hasn't looked great in spurts. So I think they're just going to fine-tune things. But they also have to decide what direction they want to go as far as quarterback because I, f- I feel like that's affecting a lot of it, could. A lot of it too. But they just need to clean it up. I mean, it's... Again, 49ers, they're a good team. They can be one of the best teams in the NFC. But, you know, when we're talking about teams like Tampa Bay and, and you know, Seattle and Arizona, like those are teams that don't mess up often. And if they do, they have the personnel to come back and win, which I don't necessarily say that 49ers have that kind of personnel that if they're down big in, in, in a big game, they can necessarily yeah. come back or rely on one person. Well, that's what I was just kind of going to say because obviously Arizona played against Minnesota on Sunday. And, 
you know, Arizona won that game, but they won that game like 35-33 or 34 mm-hmm. or something like that. It, it, uh, both teams scoring in the 30s. I mean, the 49ers we know are capable of doing that. But if they needed to flip the switch, could Jimmy G be the guy to exactly. successfully do that? And that's my point. And and yeah, that that's where it's tough. And and look, Kirk Cousins isn't you know one of the league's best quarterbacks, but he flipped a switch on Sunday to to you know make sure that that the Vikings stood you know competitive mm-hmm. in that game. Two tough losses for the Vikings, you know, in the first two weeks of the season. So this really is a team that's going to be in it going down the stretch. So I, I wouldn't say, you know, those two losses necessarily determine the Vikings. Uh, still believing in you, Coach Jeff. But this is definitely a strong start for Arizona. And, yeah, I mean, they look like, you know, the team to beat in that division. Like, yeah. it, as tough as it is to say, I mean, the, you know, the Rams look good. Seattle lost at home to a team that they were yeah. beating pretty good, you know, on Sunday, and the Titans don't have a great defense. So, you know, that that obviously speaks against them, and we just talked about the 49ers. So the NFC West, it just seems like it's going to be um, another year up in the air. But, Kev, let's come back to the AFC North, and Joe Burrow almost led the Bengals back, beating your team, beating the Bears. Shout out Anthony Holman. Justin Fields got into this game, and Justin Fields was not the topic of the game. Mm-mm. So not at all. What do you think that has to say about about Joe Burrow, or is that is that speak more against the way you know Fields played? It's a little bit of both. I mean, hats off to Joe Burrow. You know, kid's a stud, young team. Think they'll be good in the next couple of years. I really do. Think they'll be top of that division. But I mean, as far as Justin Fields, it's it's just growing pains at this point. Yeah, it's growing absolutely. pains. It's fear of you know, when I do get my chance, am, am I going to mess up? It's all mental with him right now. There's no doubt in my mind that physically, you know, legs, arm-wise, he's, you know, head over heels better than Andy Dalton at this point in Andy Dalton's career. But we've seen time and time again, Tom Brady's the perfect example. It's not always about physical. It's, sometimes it's about mental. So I feel like, you know, that wasn't the best game for his mental but I definitely think it's going to help him along the way, and I think it's going to help with those growing pains. But I, I think the Bears need to just trust him a little bit more. I mean, yeah. Andy Dalton went out of the game, and you have Justin Fields on the bench. And then two plays later, they're talking about, you know, Andy Dalton might come back 50% and will this team to a win. I'm like, bro, you got Justin Fields at 100%. Like, just keep the kid in. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> what, you're going to have Andy Dalton wall, wobble on the field and try to throw? Like... That's just, like, if I heard that during the game, like, I'd be pissed, honestly. No, that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that's what's really affecting. And even the announcers said it, too. The announcers were like, they said something. I forget what it was, but they were like, yeah, like, the whole city of Chicago has been waiting for Justin Fields, and, like, he's finally in. And I'm like, well, if the whole city of Chicago is waiting for Justin Fields, and the entire Chicago Bears fan base is waiting for Justin Fields, why isn't Justin Fields starting? Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. So, so uh, you know, that pressure is definitely there. It's probably there for, for head coach Matt Nagy, but I definitely think, you know, it probably weighs a little bit more on, you know, the rookie. Moving to our next game, Cleveland gets a strong win versus Houston. We actually just talked about this scenario with Tyrod and him getting hurt and Davis Mills coming in the game and them choosing not to play Deshaun, and here we are. In real life, three weeks later, spoke it into existence. Deshaun Watson's still a healthy a healthy scratch. I wonder if Miami comes calling, though. Now that two is out, 
I wonder if a different franchise wouldn't feel the same way and would just say, yeah, Deshaun, we're rolling you up. We weren't told otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Miami's a team where if they get someone with the likes of Deshaun Watson, that receiving, that receiving core goes from blah because two is there to really good. that's a arguable top ten yeah, wide Waddle, receiving core Devante in the division. Parker, Will Fuller, like that's good. Mike Isicki. Isicki, that's what I'm saying. Miles Gaskin, why that, are you gasking me up? That that wouldn't look good for the Bills. I know. That wouldn't look good for that the Pats. That wouldn't look good for the Bills, but the Bills would still have the best quarterback in football, so it's all good. Oof. Bills' defense playing pretty good right now. But getting back to the game, Cleveland looked good. They did. E- even though, you know, we, we saw, you know, Baker's arm hanging a little bit during that game. That was a little nasty. They did. I don't, I don't like that Houston kept in as close as they did. Yeah, but that's true. But I'll take the win if I'm the Browns, you know? Yeah, I mean... I still think winning by ten shows that they're comfortably like a and better like, what's team good with that? Odell? What's his deal? Is he injured? Well, now is that he, what what is was he doing? What's now, going on? Now that Jarvis is is going to miss some time, maybe they force. I don't want to say force Odell to get back, but maybe they they're a little more likely to make that decision to let him loose. But what I'm saying is, what is his situation right now? They, is he they, like on, on paper? Is he injured, or they, they just I, sit out? I ju- they just yeah. They, I think it's still just kind of like recovering from from last year's injury. I, I don't ridiculous. know if that's Odell's decision or or you know the franchise's. But a bigger question, Kev. What happened to the Saints? What happened to Jameis on Sunday? Carolina beat them pretty good. Told you it was going to happen. Carolina's scary, man. I don't know what happened They're to Sam sleepers. Donald. And I don't know if, if this looks good on the Jets because Sam Donald's playing so good. So maybe people looking at the Jets now like, damn, maybe it wasn't this kid. Maybe it was the Jets. Zach Wilson went four. But, dude, like the Panthers, like, they, I'm not going to say they could win the division, but I wouldn't be surprised if they wow, snuck God. a game from Tampa Bay or something like that, you know, in the regular season. But they'll definitely finish two in the division, I think. Yep. You know, 100%. In, they got, and if you think about it, like, I feel like the Panthers aren't talked about much, but, like, they really have such a good offense. Like, you have arguably the best running back in the league. You got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, which two, are no slouches, you know what I mean? I don't know who their tight end is. I forget his name. Young but, tight end. Yeah. And they have a, a, a pretty a decent defense. defense. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say they're like a top, you know, seven defense, but they they flirt with like top 10, top They have an emerging yeah. young defense. Wait, and now we'll, Sam Donald, man. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. No, I, I said Carolina's a team to watch before the year. So Carolina going 2-0. and we'll, we'll see if they can continue that. But staying in that division, Brady and the Bucks are playing lights out. Absolutely lights out. You don't think so? Yeah, I do think so. Just like how, you know? What do you mean how? <laughs> like how? Like how did this happen? How did how did we let this happen? We I gave this guy everyone. I don't know, man. Gronk looks We good. said we said, you know what? We're tired of watching you winning with no one. We're just gonna give you everyone. <laughs> That's what it is. But I mean, what can I say? I mean, it's Brady to Gronk twice on Sunday. Hopefully, Mike been Evans. Been seeing that for the last 17 years. Hopefully, Mike Evans stays healthy. You know, I I'm, I know you're pushing for Godwin to get some more. Like, reps. you got three number one wide receivers. What does it matter? No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, you're giving the best quarterback of all time three number one wide receivers, all pretty much in their prime. Yeah. Plus I was, Gronk. I was in a tough scenario. Plus a good running back room. On Sunday. Plus, probably the best defense in the league. How's this guy going to lose? <laughs> you know? Um, trying to start my set my lineup for for fantasy. Um, in my in my big my biggest money league, the fantasy f boys, because I'm not gonna drop an f bomb on air. I have Lamar and I have Brady. Yes, I I have two pretty good quarterbacks, and I was in a scenario where I was down pretty decently 
After the Giants' miserable loss on Thursday, I, I chose not to talk about the Giants this week, guys. Just just let me heal, okay? Um, and I, I did end up starting Brady. I was like, you know, Brady's really going to duplicate the performance he had in week one. He threw for over 304 touchdowns. Of course he did. And the sad thing was, I pulled Lamar out of my lineup. He only got three points more, but it still was more. Yeah. So it's just like, just, just goes to show, you know, my fantasy luck to this point this year. But Carolina is definitely a good team. I don't know how good they would be if they're good enough to beat the Bucks. But if Carolina can have McCaffrey play the way Derrick Henry played in the second half of that game on Sunday... And kept the Titans alive. Yeah. You know, they beat they beat a team in Seattle where, you know, I feel like up until probably halfway through that third quarter, the game was, like, completely over. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, shit, the Tennessee Titans. Kev's 14-3 and three Tennessee Titans <laughs> are now 0-2. But now we're in a 1-1 scenario. So, you know, obviously kudos and credit to that man, Derrick Henry. But, Kev, is that, is that you know... Go to show you that you know Seattle's really you know not the team to take serious in the in the in the West. I think right now they're probably the, uh, I would still say probably the Rams would be the team to beat in that division. But you know Seattle and Arizona, all all three of those teams can really be talked about. I do think the 49ers are a little bit lower tier than those three right now. Just right now, I think they can get back up there though. The Titans don't look good, man. I'll tell you that right now, they really don't. I mean, yeah, it's Derrick Henry. I know he does this, but. Guy can't do that every week, you know. And right now it's looking like that's what he's going to have to do to beat teams. And I don't know, man. It's real sketch over there. It's real <laughs> sketch. I thought getting Julio. I feel like Brian Tannehill is getting sacked now more than ever. Yeah. And, like, you got Julio Jones now. So, like, what's going on? Kev, can you just do me a favor? While, while you were uh, spilling there, I seen your second to last show note for this episode. Can you please share it? <laughs> yeah, it says Big Ben's fat. <laughs> does that's a fact we can post a picture of it later in the week so people believe me but it says big ben's fat it also says zach wilson sucks jets should have got failed (laughs) oh man (laughs) two more games we'll talk about quickly the cowboys snuck past the Chargers. kev snuck past so that was definitely something i felt like we needed to share that was a close game i thought the Chargers could have very much won that game He's been outside for like 10 minutes. Oh, guys, Lou's here. (laughs) You, Lou in the house, baby. Lou, come interrupt the episode real quick. Hold on, I gotta win. All right, Kev, take it away with Dallas. No, I mean, great game. Great game. I'm glad Dallas, I'm glad, oh, I'm glad. I'm actually (laughs) glad that Dallas got the win. Um, You guys know I've been speaking highly of Dallas. I know you're not AFC or NFC rival over there, but... Chargers are just one of those teams, man. It is what it is. They're always they're always in the game, and that says something. So I feel like if Justin Herbert gets older and and they find their identity, they're gonna be a right midseason. Like and I'm not worried about games. them. Yeah, they'll win. They'll win these type of games. You know what I mean? It's yes, just early in the season. Still got a young quarterback. Now what it is. the Sunday night spectacular. Shout out Uncle Tony Lamar Jackson Anthony. You can listen to the Sandbox this week. Yes, sir. Anthony doesn't listen to the podcast. Mahomes took that L, man. Or no, he didn't. Mahomes did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see, you're not even used to hearing <laughs> yeah. that. Like I'm really not. No, we uh, we we usually uh don't don't get Anthony's listenings 
Uncle Tony's listens yeah. after uh, a, a tough Ravens loss, but Ravens I'm won sure, this week. I'm sure he's listening this episode. Definitely winning, listening this week, and you don't have to hear, you know, the Lamar negatives against the Chiefs anymore. You don't have to hear, oh, he's 0-4. Yeah. He's never done this. He's never done that. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the things Lamar does do, and it's, you know, rush for 80 yards a game that no other quarterback's ever done, mm-hmm. maybe besides Cam Newton and Michael Vick. And the things like that, like taking a team that has probably 12 to 13 starters on the sidelines for three-plus weeks, if not out for the season, and getting a nice home dub versus the best team in the AFC, what better way to to make a statement in front of your fans than how Lamar did on Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, good for Lamar. Mahomes' first September loss. Mahomes' first September interception. I love to see it. I love to see it. But anyway, I mean, and I had this conversation with one of who, well, somebody at our house yesterday. If you guys know, we have football Sundays, so we always got people coming in and out. Forget who I was talking about it with. But I literally said I was like, as much as we want to see Lamar evolve as a, a thrower of the football, we also have to take into account that, you know, the good old saying, if it ain't broken, don't fix it, right? And Lamar looked good throwing the ball last night. He did for the most part. You know what I mean? Definitely a lot better than I expected him to look against the Chiefs. But his legs, you know, if we're all being honest, really did win them that game, like single-handedly. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going up against a team that people talk about, you know, as the best team in the league, you know, Super Bowl champs two years ago, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, blah, blah, blah. And, and you go out and, and perform like that with your legs, and it's like... Like what do you like? Just leave the guy alone. Like just win the football game. That's all we're asking. And I feel like that's I feel like that's why people are saying, you know, are, are knocking Lamar because he hasn't been able to win these games. You know what I mean? But I think he showed last night that you know if, if you're not going to stop him, he's going to run on you. Like it is what it is. It, it's really that simple. <laughs> like it's it's it sounds crazy, but like I don't know how many times I saw him just fly up the middle last night for 20 yards. Like, it's it's, it's just so easy for him. So, like, why not do that every play if you could? That's why. Get get another another weapon as your fantasy quarterback as we did there. But, guys, that is going to wrap things up for our Week 2 impressions. Lou just got here. That means we're getting into our Week 3 fantasy rankings. Make sure you guys are tuning in, showing love. Got a lot of merch coming for you since the Sandbox fans real soon. We will see you guys soon. Five stars, baby. Peace. Lou!